April 3rd of 2023. It's been a good month so far. <laughs> and today we're going to kind of discuss um, worker health and hygiene training. This is the second part of our 10-part FISMA series. Um, I am Kiara Poitra, and I'm here with Michelle Grosick and Rhoda Burrows. Um, I would like to just put out there that um, all the information that we will be talking about today comes from the Produce Safety Alliance Grower Training book that um, I received while I took the FISMA training. And I'm going to let Rhoda kind of kick off the worker health and hygiene and training section of this book. All right. Um, one of the things that that we look at with food safety is any route whereby microbes could make it onto the produce, and probably one of the biggest routes is is us people handling produce um, and and not taking precautions in doing so. And in fact, I suspect most of our contamination actually comes through humans uh, carrying uh, contaminates to the produce. So that's one of the things that, that we address in food safety training and spend quite a bit of time on. Um, and it comes down to things like washing your hands, being aware of your health and, and whether or not you might be uh, able to <clears throat> transmit uh, something to your produce. Uh, today I have a little frog in my throat, whether or not that would be something that's going to develop into a cold and then I need to stay away from the produce. So uh, things things like that that we're looking at. So when we train our, our workers to the things that we emphasize is cleanliness, not just of our hands, but, but our clothing, where we've been, um, what we were doing previously, and then uh, washing our hands and and being aware of that as well. Yes, I agree. And I definitely think a good part of that, um, you know, at least when it comes to when I work with people, um, I always just assume that they don't know, you know, that what they're doing isn't good. Um so I always try to, you know, take that extra 30 seconds or a minute to explain to them like, okay, you know, did you double wash your hands after you came out of the bathroom? Or, you know, did you check to make sure that you didn't step in any, you know, animal feces when you walked into the gardens and um, just making sure that they kind of, you kind of have to drill it into some people that, you know, you need to take really good care of, of, um, of yourself when it comes to being around things that people will eventually consume. 
one of the dangers is having pets in the area and absentmindedly petting your dog or your cat and then handling produce. And, and dogs and cats can actually carry quite a few harmful pathogens. So so we need to be mindful of that and, and start. I, I think that's the key to it, actually, is being mindful. Uh, you you get so focused on what, what you need to get done that you're not being aware of actually what you're doing with your hands and your body and where it's been and so forth. Yes, I agree. Now, one of the things we may have learned with COVID and wearing masks was how often we touch our face <laughs> and wearing a mask. Yeah. You know, it may have helped break us of that a little bit, but we're probably getting back to our old bad habits again. You know, just just your nose itches, so you reach up and scratch it. Well, if you've got a cold, mm-hmm. if you've got hepatitis, you know, any of those sorts of things, uh, you can be contaminating your hands again. Yes. Yeah, I think self-awareness is a huge thing just in life in general, um, but especially <laughs> especially when it comes to, um, you know, your workspace and, and things like that. Um, so there's a couple different routes of contamination um, that can happen. Um, and I feel like one of the main ones um, is definitely like your hands or your clothes. Um, because that's the stuff that probably touches the produce most frequently. Um, but then another one is feces. Um, so if there's like a leak in your sewage system, um, or if you have workers that, like if your porta johns are too close to your gardens and they don't um, wash appropriately afterwards. Um, same with like tools um, or your equipment. So like your shovel um, can come become contaminated if you don't have good hygiene practices or cleaning practices. Same with injuries. And I think a lot of people don't think about this one because some people, you know, they get stuck by something in the garden or they get bit by a bug or something like that. And then they don't um, wash or put a Band-Aid on or wear gloves. Um, And that can definitely um, contaminate the produce as well. But it's also really, you know, good practices just to kind of have in place for your workers for their safety as well. Right. One of the things that we sometimes see is people not washing their hands and putting on gloves. And in the pra- in the process of putting on the glove with those unwashed hands, you can contaminate the gloves. So yes, <laughs> yeah. Uh, glo- gloves aren't the cure-all by any means. No, definitely not. And I always, you know, I always think about that every now and especially when I'm in the kitchen. Um, I don't think I could be a doctor because they have to put on gloves so carefully because they're, you know, sterile. And I just, I, I would probably mess it up at least a couple times throughout the day. (laughs) Kiara is the one in the kitchen that, you know, will be working on something and, and you hate to just keep throwing gloves away. You know, you get very, um, you try to be very economical. And so you carefully take your glove off and lay it on a counter somewhere, go do something else, come back, and it'll, the glove will be gone because Kiara has thrown it away. Like, yes, I do I do that a lot, honestly. She, she's like, there is no way that you took that off and we'll put it back on in a clean manner. And it's like, you're so right. But, you know, we all, we all get very frugal, and you try right. to reuse things as much as you can, but there's a time and a place for that. And I definitely see that right. in the gardens and with garden gloves. It's like, okay, these just need to 
be done. These, yeah. <laughs> cannot wash these anymore. So, you know, another thing we see with washing hands, well, there's, there's actually kind of a whole, whole segment on washing hands properly. And mm -hmm. you've probably heard, you know, sing the birth, birthday song mm -hmm. twice or whatever mm -hmm. uh, yep. to make sure that you're covering everything. But uh, when I first started washing my hands, I realized I really wasn't paying that much attention to my thumbs. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. And, and, uh, so if you can get a hold of some of that glow germ, uh, that's a great way to show employees where they are and aren't rinsing their hands very well or washing their hands very well. Okay. And even going up into the wrist sometimes if you've got long sleeves, yep. you need to think about <laughs> about that as well. But the other thing is also to make sure that they're drying their hands mm -hmm. because wet hands are a good in nice warm environment for bacteria to multiply yep so we need to dry our hands thoroughly after washing them as well definitely and not with a not with a cloth towel that everybody else has used that day mm -hmm. but with a single use towel yes i agree so there's a couple different um potential challenges when it comes to training your workers um and this, you know, is obviously going to vary depending on your circumstances, but, um, you know, one of those can be that fresh produce often doesn't receive additional processing. So, like, it doesn't get cooked or baked or, um, you know, anything like that. A lot of our stuff that comes in, you know, we can, but we go mm -hmm. through separate safety procedures within our kitchen to make sure that food doesn't have any of the contaminants on it. Um, so, a lot of, like, farmers that go to farmers markets and stuff like that they don't actually go through that second step um uh -huh. so that's can be pretty concerning depending on what you're doing um and then you know another one is that food safety is definitely a learned thing um i definitely agree with that because i had no idea when i started in this position about all the things and i honestly after i learned all of the things that I learned through the various trainings I took, I really didn't want to go eat anywhere <laughs> at all because I would just, you know, it wasn't enjoyable for me. I would sit there and I'd be like, oh, I can't believe that, you know, that waitress has her hair down. It's not tied back or, oh, I don't see any of those kitchen guys using gloves. And especially, you know, around Sturgis, you know, in around the bike rally, because you see a lot of those pop up food vendors and it's just a nightmare. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, that's why food safety inspectors have a hard time eating out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it definitely, definitely kind of ruins some places for you. That's for sure. <laughs> um, but then, you know, another challenge can include, you know, the time for training. So I know a lot of people do like on the job training, which I think is uh -huh. great, especially if you have um, if you have a very fast paced work environment, but it's also good to, you know, slow down and take time to teach them correctly. That way these uh, steps don't get uh, looked over. Um, and the, with FISMA, there really aren't that many musts that you must do uh, that are required, but training your workers is one of those that is required. Yes. Yep. And then, you know, like language can be one too, especially I've noticed a lot more within farming industries, you know, they 
especially up here around like the reservations. You know, a lot of people don't speak na- various Native American languages, so that can be mm-hmm. um, an obstacle, a big obstacle. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, just making sure that your materials have pictures that can help. Um, and you know, that kind of goes into literacy level too, cause you may hire some people that, um, never graduated high school or they didn't get past middle school. And, um, so their literacy level may not be, um, super great. So pictures are great for everything. Well, and then, you know, for us, we have, um, like first graders and stuff that come out for tours. And so kind of mm-hmm. putting up signs here and there about the various safety rules with pictures is really good for them. Um, That's great. Yeah. And then, you know, some people may not have, you know, various circumstances happen to where you have pe- someone quit right before busy season starts, middle of summer. So then that's when you run into training mid-season, which <laughs> is super hard. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, kind of, it would be smart to plan for worker training, especially working through the kinks and making sure that your training is efficient. Um, and various hygiene practices and expectations. I know that can be, everyone's a little different. <laughs> um, but making sure that, you know, you set those expectations right away that, you know, I do expect you to wash your hands and have clean hair and make sure your hair is tied back and that kind of stuff um, will help kind of right at the Mm get-go. And some some farms will even have specific clothes that they wear, the workers wear, just to make sure that they're not um, taking them elsewhere and Mm -hmm. um, keeping them basically clean and washed off and that sort of thing. Um, and which is a great idea. I would, I would say we don't do that here, but we have very few laborers, very few workers. So we can kind of look everyone over and, and determine if, if everything looks good on them or if we need to put an apron on for some reason to work, do specific tasks or whatever it may be the case muddy yep. muddy season uh-huh. coming up while well, we're in muddy season right now and it's gonna <laughs> I feel like it's gonna go on for a while this spring yes um just trying to you know navigate your way through that with planting and everything and then once we get to harvesting um trying to kind of keep everything clean and orderly is a challenge it's a challenge in a farm yes scenario and we're we're pretty aware of you know, once once we've got the produce out of the field and into the pack shed or pack area, uh, mm-hmm. it's a little more easy to think about, oh, what am I wearing? Mm-hmm. Is this clean? Is that clean? But when you're out in the muddy field <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and it's cold out, so you wear cloth gloves, well, oops. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's hard. It, it's, it is. It's just an ongoing an ongoing topic all the time. It is at this time that we are going to take a short ad break. Are you looking for more of our content? Go ahead and follow us on social media platforms to get more. Follow us on Facebook at The Farm Stand at Bearview Gardens, Instagram at farmstand underscore Bearview Gardens, our farm Instagram, Bearview Gardens, and our website, www.bearviewgardens.com. These are the best ways to stay up to date with what we are up to. It always changes, so keep an eye out for more posts and updates. It is. I agree. And one of the things that hopefully you can work on is to have your workers 
get that initial training and then put it on them to tell you, you know, I think we should do this differently and, and sort of give them the role of being being the safety person in terms of they get to be the bad guy instead of you. <laughs> yes. And I totally agree with that because, you know, a lot of, um, I don't want to kind of throw Michelle under the bus, but it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, when I got my food safety manager training certificate completed and everything, there was a lot of stuff that I was like, Michelle, I think, I really think that we should start doing this instead. And, you know, she's been very graceful with being like, okay, yeah, I think I can see where, her, where your concerns are coming up. And I definitely think we need to implement this. And I, totally believe that um, your workers are going to be more likely to participate in those good practices if they have the option to essentially implement that. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. They have some ownership of the process. Yes. Yes. So with that, I mean, some of your trainings uh, must include like principles of food hygiene and food safety and in conjunction with that, also recognizing symptoms of foodborne illnesses um, and the importance of personal hygiene. Um, And that's covered in a lot of those trainings, you know, when to recognize, like, if you're nauseous, is it like a lot of the time, if a woman in particular is nauseous on the job, you know, and you get sent home, it's on you to go to the doctor and come back proving that you're pregnant and it's morning sickness. (laughs) <laughs> Whether it or if it's like a like you got food poisoning type of a deal. All right. And then, you know, um, refresher trainings are really good, too. Um, just so they're kind of just like little reminders um, that are easily understandable and supervised by a qualified person. So preferably someone that has the training certificates and things like that. Um, And then also having a process to document that you're doing that as well. Um, Because if you have an inspector that comes in and they're like, well, you know, do they even know that have you given them training to know that they need to not be doing these things that I'm marking off? And if you say, well, yes, then they're probably going to want to see, you know, how frequently you are training these people. Um, Just because if they are doing stuff wrong continuously, then you need to be doing something different. And maybe a good time to do that during the heat of the summer is right in the hottest part of the day. So you can go have some ice water and talk food safety for a bit. <laughs> yeah, give everyone a little bit of a break. Yeah. Good idea. And that way they'll look forward to the training and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is true. I feel like we're pretty good about that here. Um, in the summertime when it's nice and we can sit on our patio we pretty much have uh, lunches together just about every day. And that gives Uh us time to talk to one another about various topics and concerns and things like that. And it's in a pretty relaxed environment so that those kind of conversations come pretty naturally. Yep, That is true. So Rhoda, do you have, um, do you have any like specific scenarios or examples of, some of these topics we've been talking about today that you've seen that, you know, whenever I come to one of your trainings, um, I always go, oh, yeah, that has happened at our place. <laughs> it's, it's, it's easy right. enough to kind of read down the list, but then to have a specific 
situation maybe that has happened on another right. farm? Sometimes when I do the training, I, I uh, challenge those who are taking the training to think of one change they can make on their farm. And I had one one group that was change the location of a gate so we're not walking through with chickens mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> to get out to the garden. Yeah, uh, It may be, you know, something very simple like that. Um, yeah. And I've, you know, hand washing is, is one that, that maybe with COVID we've, we've gotten a little bit more aware of, but it's so easy to get away and it's so easy to say, you know, I'm just going to use sanitizer instead. And, mm -hmm. and the sanitizer can only sanitize what's on the surface. But if you've got a layer of, of dirt or oil or anything on your hands, uh, it's not going to get to that. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we do have, um, through the North Central uh, Region FISMA Working Group, we do have some... Uh, training uh, materials for workers that are like a eight and a half by 11 spiral bound. So you can, and, and they're picture based. So you can, can go through those uh, during an informal session and, and have them look at the pictures and talk about it and so forth. So uh, if somebody's needing some help in terms of, you know, what what do I cover and how do I cover it? Those those are available and they can just contact me and and I can put them in touch with that. Okay, excellent. And we are in the process of um, creating the website that will hold the links to all of these podcasts. And in there, we will have Rhoda's contact information and um, the links also to the reference material that Kiara has talked about too so people have a variety of ways to get their information yes so sound we pretty much covered all the topics um but i'll just kind of do some like a nice brief overview of the things that we hope that you get away from this podcast episode today um so you know work health and hygiene is super critical to food safety um because workers are a big um, a, what is the word I'm trying to think of? Not like reason that food safety things are implemented, but pretty much that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> there's Yeah, there's just a lot of variables that comes along with employees. Yes. And, and things to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and then, you know, everyone who handles covered produce should be trained. Um, and, you know, sometimes you can get by with having, especially with us, we have a very small staff, but I'm pretty sure all of our staff is trained. Mm -hmm. um, yep. Even our high school student. Well, let's see, I guess he's, he just finished his um, food manager, food manager yep. certification through mm -hmm. school, which mm -hmm. was awesome. Cause I haven't even finished that <laughs> one yet. That's the one that I just keep going back to and doing a little section at a time, but, mm -hmm. but he's got that. And then of course he's worked out in the gardens with us for over a year now. Yeah. So, so it, I mean, when you have a small staff, like we do of essentially four to five people, mm -hmm. um, you can pretty much get by with having one or two that are trained because we work so closely and communicate very well. Um, but when you get to have more 
in the mix. Um, definitely more people should be trained. Um, and then your visitors should also be made where be made aware of your policies. Um, like when, like mm-hmm. when we do tours, um, I feel like we do pretty good as, um, as a small staff to make sure that, you know, no one walks over, walks through the chicken coop and then walks in the gardens. And like, we have a pretty set path that we walk people through. Um, and we make sure that people wash their hands. Um, and when they do go in like the goat pens and stuff, we try to make sure that they don't. They're also not going to be harvesting vegetables or. Yeah. yeah right. It's like, it's kind of a one or the other sort of deal. Yep. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's visitors can come in the form of if you've got a CSA, for example, and and have volunteers some days. Mm-hmm. That's another audience that needs some sort of basic training. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. Um, and then, you know, training should emphasize health and hygiene practices that reduce risks is pretty much the overall um, thing that you should take from this. So no matter who you're training, who's coming in, whether it's volunteers, employees, you know, uh, tour visitors, things like that, um, you know, they should really have at least the base knowledge of um, food food safety practices that reduce the risks of food getting contaminated. Um, And I think that's pretty much about it for today. Today went by pretty fast. Um, Yeah. (laughs) um, So stick around for more episodes. And like Michelle mentioned, we're working on the website page that will have access, you know, access to all the episodes that we've recorded thus far. Um, and that is pretty much where I'm going to end it today. Rhoda, do you, all right. do you have... Thank you so much. Yep. Did you have anything else that you wanted to add in today, Rhoda? Well, I think that's it for now. Okay. All right. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Rhoda. It was great talking to you today. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate your taking the thought. Yeah. <laughs>